This podcast is important, but it is not family-friendly. Again, I repeat, this podcast is not family-friendly. This is Father Dave Nix on the Padre Peregrino podcast, and I am in North Carolina with a living St. Joan of Arc right now, and we are doing a very extemporaneous podcast. You have heard her voice on this podcast before, Captain Emily Rainey, and today we're going to talk about... uh, her second time making international news. She discussed the first time making international news with the J6 events. And I'm not kidding about the Joan of Arc business because Joan of Arc stepped up when no one else did to fight for the kingdom of Christ, the social reign of Christ the King, and her country when nobody else would do it. And uh, Joan of Arc was called crazy, took 500 years to canonize her, and I'm not saying Emily's about to be canonized, but I am with a great hero of mine, heroine I think is the female version, and so Emily, thank you for joining me on this podcast, and it's great to finally meet you in person. Why don't you tell us about January 6th before we jump into the Moore County Power Grid? Thanks, Father. I'm really humbled by by everything you just said, and um, by no means am I worthy to be uh, paralleled to the great saints, but I've been, the past 24 hours have been very interesting in my life, and they hearken back to the, the weeks after January 6th when the, in the world's media dogpiled on a, on a really a nothing story involving me taking uh, two buses of my... Uh, my local citizenry from Moore County, North Carolina, and leading them to January 6th. Most of them uh, older, retired women um, and acting as a somewhat of a tour guide so that they could stand for election integrity and listen to their, uh, their president give a speech. So after I did that, I was lambasted uh, all over and lied about and slandered because um, I was a active duty psychological operations officer and I was being touted as the air quotes here architect of January 6th, uh, which of course was completely ridiculous from the start. Um, Literally 100 witnesses to prove otherwise. And my name was completely cleared by the military after a very intense investigation, also investigated by the FBI. And I was I resigned my commission as a U.S. Special Forces officer in um, the in July of last year, 2022 or 2021. um, And I was honorably discharged with full uh, veteran benefits. So that kind of leads into um, what's been going on since, which is just a lot. And the whole country has changed since January 6th. So you go. And I can't remember if I mentioned this because there's a lot going on here, but I'm in person in North Carolina and meeting some other heroes in real life. I got to spend hours yesterday talking to Father Isaac Maria Ralea, um, a great priest who uh, has also been called crazy and sidelined. And this is where you just have to say... um, you know, is are these the weird days of misfit white martyrs? And uh, I'm I'm happy to know these uh, these interesting misfits, people that are definitely sidelined by the modern culture. Um, and it's funny because Captain Rainey and I would both have been considered patriots five years ago, but 
I was saying before I even knew I was going to do a podcast today, I said to the family I was staying with, I'm, I said, you know, I'm really I'm so ashamed to say this. I think we live in the most evil empire in the history of the world. I read the Roman martyrology every day and I read about all these, uh, not just men, but women and children that are killed by the Roman Empire. And somehow we think those people in the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago were really mean or something and people today are nice. But if you read the comments on Emily's Facebook page, you realize these, I know this is an overused insult against the left, but these people have to be possessed. Um, but anyway, really happy to know these people. Emily is a traditional Latin Mass Catholic. She attended my low mass yesterday, um, and uh, she is uh, in a new situation. She's actually going on Steve Bannon's podcast uh, later tonight, which will be yesterday for you guys listening, because I think I'll probably put this up on Tuesday. But here we are in North Carolina, and um, there was a very interesting... Um, meeting of events and these two events that she's going to describe well three events is there was a drag show originally um, in Moore County that was supposed to have invitations to under 18 kids and because this is so extemporaneous I'm kind of saying this to remind Emily who's sitting right next to me um, what to mention in this podcast that this was also within a thousand feet of a Catholic church Um, and then coincidentally or maybe not coincidentally Several substations for the power grid in her county were attacked last night. And then the third event behind all this is her Facebook posts. And somehow this has made international news. We knew yesterday after mass, we were all having uh, lunch at a family's place. Uh, After we did just a private low mass in someone's house, we were just kind of discussing this. And then this morning I woke up and someone sent me an article of Emily in the UK mail. Um... So she's now in in the United Kingdom news. Emily, what happened the past three days? (laughs) Well, to tell the story uh, correctly, we need to go back a few weeks. There is a uh, a Raleigh um, drag show production company, um, just for the the keeping this uh, family friendly. I won't even name the the production company because uh, it's vulgar in its name. and they decided they were going to have an all-ages drag house show. Of, house of Chickens, different word for chicken. Yeah, House of Chickens, different word for chicken. <laughs> male, male, it's a different word for rooster. Okay, House of uh, Rooster. Uh, so, um, and then the, the chief drag performer's name was Naomi, uh, insert word for male an, anatomy. So anyway, um, obviously there's nothing, obviously the viewers of this podcast know that there is nothing family friendly about a drag show and, um, we decided to do something about it and we put, um, community pressure on the venue and, uh, local politicians and the police department until finally after about 10 days of constant pressure, uh, making phone calls, of course, you know, I always, um, I asked everyone to always be respectful when we're when um, saying their opinions, uh, but I was asking the community to um, express that they did not want this to be an all ages drag show, and eventually the venue actually did relent. We had a victory in that regard, and they raised the age to eighteen plus. Now, so our first objective was met, um, keeping children from being sexualized and exploited in a in a very raunchy, very um, 
perverted uh, drag event. This is not your, your, your grandma's Dolly Parton impersonator. Things have changed and, and that's, I, I won't ask you to YouTube it to, to prove what I'm saying because it is that bad and I don't think anybody should be watching it. Um, it's essentially a sex show or, or uh, basically acting out sex acts um, in, anyway. So moving on from that, there's still other problems with having a drag show in the historic downtown that's very family friendly. First of all, it broke the ordinance that we have that you can't have live adult entertainment within a thousand feet of a church or school. And there is a Catholic church that also has a school at like 600 or 769 feet or something like that from the front door of the theater. So we were pressuring police and pressuring the, uh, the mayor and uh, to cancel the show. And it was not canceled. Um, not only that, uh, the Elomenope community writ large in North Carolina really started to put out some backlash on all of this. And they decided that they were going to have a counter protest on the night of the drag show as we were going to be praying and protesting outside the event. Uh, so the event, uh, the, pro- the protest itself was fairly um, cut and dry. This happened on Saturday night. The protest was between 5 and 7. The doors opened for the drag show at 6 p.m. Um, and the those of us that were gathered to uh, pray and protest, we were outnumbered. Um, but we weren't just outnumbered. Um, the, the opposition the, was the most vulgar contingent of people I've ever personally witnessed with my own eyes. Um, the, the amount of blasphemies of our Lord and slanders yelled against Christians and some directed directly at me. Um, it's really, I mean, I, it's unspeakable. I actually can't repeat the things they were saying, um, and doing, um, on this podcast. And so go ahead, Father. Yeah, and so, you know, we're not in the habit on this uh, podcast of uh, exposing um, anyone who's an enemy of us. I always say people throw the first punch and then I, I respond. So we're not going to say the name of the town or the name of the parish or the name of the priest. But it's important to realize that one of the only laws that this drag show was going to break is here in North Carolina, you cannot have adult entertainment within a thousand feet of a Catholic church. And this was uh, less than a thousand feet from a church. They went to the priest. Again, we're not going to say the name of him or the town or the parish because we're not in the habit of uh, excoriating people publicly on on this podcast. But because I'm a priest and this does involve the Catholic Church and the only uh, ostensible law that was being broken was doing adult entertainment within a thousand feet of a church. I do want to ask Emily here, what was the response of the local parish priest when you went to go ask him if he was going to support pushing back against this literally illegal activity well just to clarify i personally did not speak to him but i have several people in my uh, grassroots movement that did um, and it was essentially like a shrugging of the shoulders um, uh, not wanting to get involved uh, not wanting to stir up anything uh, and and came off apathetic uh, especially since there really isn't anyone in our, probably in 
three counties that didn't know about this drag show. It was covered by all state media. And um, there were a lot of phone calls put into the parish office and voicemails left and Facebook messages left and things like that. So there's, there's no way that it wasn't clear what was happening. And it was just no response from the leadership of the parish and priest included. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that that happened. We do expect... We got ordained to be warriors for Christ, and uh, I've certainly fallen short many times, but we are in a cultural battle for the heart and soul of not just this country, but like literally protection of children, and uh, um, we need any priests listening to, to step up um, to the front battle lines uh, in this, because there's really souls at stake. Emily, tell us what happened in the power grid now. So as we were uh, protesting um, we, we also had a megaphone, and the only thing that I allowed to be said over the megaphone was uh, scripture. I just wanted scripture to be read uh, on the megaphone for two hours while this was happening. And um, I found myself, I gave the megaphone over to somebody who was reading some of the Psalms. And I, and I got my little uh, Catholic contingent together, and we were praying the rosary. And as I was praying the rosary, I was, um, I was, it was probably the first time I... I was wanting to stop my ears because of all the blasphemies that they were screaming while we were praying. And I found myself probably for the first time praying to be hit by an asteroid. Like I wanted God to like take us all out so we could just stop hearing the blasphemies. Like it was just hard not to cry. And you, you can totally, I felt like like Our Lady of La Salette, you know, just crying, you know, just wanting to cry. Try not to cry right now while I'm talking about it. So I went home along with um, the two others of my household that were with me. And we were sitting there at the, at the uh, kitchen table telling my parents about how the event went. And then I started getting phone calls and texts that all of Moore County, North Carolina, where this event occurred, was out of power. And to me, after everything that I had just experienced for the last two hours, to me it was the clearest thing in the world that God in his justice was chastising the lukewarmness of Christians in Moore County. I mean, we had a very small turnout in our, for our prayer pr- protest. Um, when, it, when you compare it to the amount of publicity that it had, like everyone knew about it is my point. And I mean people, any, any person that has read the Bible knows that, um, God does, um, sometimes use bad people to temp, uh, temporally punish, um, a, a country or a people. And so at this, at this point, nobody's thinking that there's anything, um, malicious or suspicious about the power outage. It just, the power went out. Okay. So maybe we need to update our grid or, okay, maybe there was some kind of you know, weird storm or a tree fell or nobody knows what's going on. And in that time I posted on social media, I said, the, the power is out in Moore County and I know why. Well, within an hour, the power still was not on and it became pretty clear uh, that there was some kind of uh, purposeful vandalism that had happened at at least one substation that caused the power outage. And um, as of right now, no one 
I'm pretty sure I last checked that there isn't any suspects or leads on who it is, but there are a lot of rumors and theories, but the worst, but of course I posted about how right after I posted that God will not be mocked with a picture of the, the theater, um, in darkness and, and people coming out of the theater, um, because the, because the show was shut down because of this event. Um, and they couldn't continue the show because there was no lights in the theater. So uh, a friend of mine went and took a picture in front of the theater right as they were all coming out, um, having to close the show down early. So my second post was that God will not be mocked. And, um, of course, then I'm, I started getting tagged. Like mine, they were, I, they were reporting me to the sheriff's office claiming that I actually took down the grid, which is, if if it wasn't such a pervasive lie, I would not, I would just be laughing hysterically. <laughs> uh, so I did get visited by the sheriff that night and um, obviously knew nothing other than the fact that I do believe that God, I have no, obviously don't know, I don't have a a, a direct line to our Lord. I don't know that he is chastising Moore County, but Moore County needed chastising. They're experiencing a chastisement. And um, unfortunately, a lot of innocent people are suffering in the, this cold weather without power in Moore County. And um, please, everyone listening, uh, pray for Moore County. It does seem as though the power will be out for a while, given the sophistication of this attack that has occurred on our grid. Okay, and I just wanted you to go over the timeline of, uh, I think you were like the 7, 8, 9 p.m. Tell us about that night and tell us how, how long the power has been out. So what happened that night, 7, 8, 9 p.m., and how long the power has been out? So the protest ended at seven. From all I can tell, um, I don't know what the official timeline was, but from what I could tell, from my my view, the power went out around eight and eight o'clock Saturday night, and has been out ever since. Now there's been some restoration in certain areas, but the, how many the hours uh, however many hours from Saturday night at eight, um, it's long enough to make everything in your fridge go bad so at least 48 hours at least 48 hours and the there's a state of emergency that the governor has declared for Moore County there is a curfew in the town um in several of the towns that they are worried about for looting because there was there was looting at the Walmart that was put a, a stop to was that the police put a stop to pretty quickly but because of the panic and the hysteria and um, obviously a, a feeling of helplessness because of whoever these um, criminals are that conducted this act, um, I have been the target of, of much hate online um, and really the, the demons came out uh, in my comments section uh, and I've had many, many death threats at this point. So, and if you could tell us, um, so, uh, and then I think you had 9 PM Saturday night, the cops show up, tell us about the cops showing up and then what they happened to say the next day about this word of prayer with you and their statement on, it was, 
it was at least a lightweight, possibly a heavyweight exoneration of you that happened this morning. Um, tell us just basically both issues with the cops. And if you can tell us, um, you obviously don't know, you don't know who did this, but you have, as an ex-military person, you have some intel as to what appears, and we're not going to make any claims on this podcast, of what appears to be um, trained people doing this, the, the power outage that is. So it was actually yesterday afternoon um, on Sunday that the Moore County Sheriff conducted a press conference. And in the press conference, um, I was, the press directly asked about me. And uh, he said that due to good police work um, and an an interview with me, I'm not a suspect. Um, And I, I completely welcome any further investigation from um, larger echelon uh, law enforcement um, and a complete open book. But I have have nothing that can help uh, with the investigation other than to say that we all need to repent because um, our whole whole country is um, just asking for a chastisement. We deserve a chastisement. Everything going on with pedophilia and uh, sexualization of children and abortion, um, pornography. I mean, it just, we deserve to be chastised. It is coming. And this is truthfully um, a very light-handed chastisement as, as, as difficult as it has been for many people, especially people who are, you know, needing medical devices and things like that. Um, thankfully, the the Moore County community has been, you know, stepping up and helping each other uh, how we can. So when the sheriff's uh, deputies showed up on Saturday night, they asked me about my post. I used the opportunity to tell them about the drag show and all the blasphemies and how God will not be mocked and how I hope they find the, (laughs) what I really said is I hope you find the bastards that did it. I was what I really said to them. Um, so they went, they went back, and then during the press conference yesterday, uh, the Moore County Sheriff, like I said, he said I was an sub- a suspect, um, but I was not a suspect, uh, but, and that there was no evidence that the drag show was at all related to the uh, now very widespread and difficult power outage that Moore County is experiencing. But um, he said something interesting um, that was not true, and I, I can't really know. I do not quite understand why he said it. Um, he said that he had a word of prayer with the young lady who posted that uh, Moore County was being chastised. <laughs> he didn't have a word of prayer with me. I would have I loved to pray with, me, pray with him, um, and I would have prayed with his deputies too, uh, but... Uh, he he's like I said I welcome any further investigation um I like father said having a special operations background and hearing the stuff that the police are now saying that it was somebody that knew the security systems at uh, and security protocols at the substations um somebody that knew exactly which substations would cause the most damage in mostly residential areas. Um, Also knew exactly where on the substations to shoot because it was damaged by a bullet. Um, 
I would say that, you know, this sounds either like, to me, like sophisticated gang activity, and then you'd have to ask what would be the purpose because there's no obvious crimes that occurred post um, blackout. Um, or it's some kind of red, it's some kind of setup, like a red flag event, some kind of way to frame um, potentially exactly how the media is describing it. This is a, an act from, you know, people like Emily Grace Rainey, who are white nationalist Christo-fascists, and we are willing to take down a whole grid to, uh, to stop a drag show, which is ludicrous. It's slander. It's a lie. Well, and, you know, this morning when we were having breakfast with that family, I asked uh, you and this family, I said, you know, do you think the left actually believes you and your friends took out the grid um, or this is just they know the left knows the left took it out as a false flag and they just want to cause trouble for your life because you're pricking their conscience. And I think we all came to the conclusion that the left eventually believes their own lies on this stuff. And really, if they're being led by demons, they are going to come to um, conclusions that are not just wrong, but, you know, projecting their own guilt. I think there's a lot of people that feel guilty for their own sins, so they are um, trying to find... It's just amazing how they will go through the past of anybody on the right with a fine-tooth comb um, to find anything small, big, medium about their lives. Well, these are the people that are are promoting the pre-born ch- killing of children. I mean, these are all the exact same people that want kids showing up at drag shows that are promoting uh, pre-born killing of children. Um, and so we can't be thrown off when they go through someone's, you know, pass with a fine-tooth comb and have a problem with X, Y, or Z when they are guilty of P, Q, and R. I think the people on the right in a case like this are going to be very tempted to figure out who took the grid down because it, at 48 hours plus of people not having power here in North Carolina... There's going to be people on the right that want to prove it wasn't anybody on the right. They're going to want to know who took the grid down. Uh, I think there's people on the left that are going to be tempted to only look at Emily's Facebook posts and call her crazy for saying that God uh, would chastise people with power out outages. Um, but really, we have to avoid both those temptations and say, um, when you have children and and again emily actually did stop children from being invited this so we can't lose sight of that when you have children being invited under 18 year olds to a drag show we are talking about um not just sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance not just mortal sins um but uh essentially child abuse um we're also talking even if people can't get on board with calling that child abuse they broke the law in doing adult entertainment within a hundred or a thousand feet of a catholic church um, even though the, the priest stood down. And so I think we have to keep our eyes open for the fact that all political realities are downstream of spiritual realities. And when we are talking about uh, child abuse and killing children, we really need to sideline all of the other issues. What do you have to say about that? Well, yes, for sure. I think... Um we have to keep the main thing. The main thing, uh, protecting the innocent is, and was our primary objective with all of this. Um, 
we're we're unfortunate that our county does have a strip club in it. You don't see us protesting outside of the strip club. Uh, there we there are evangelizers that are working within to talk to the girls and um, trying to prevent uh, uh, any kind of trafficking and exploitation of uh, the dancers. But we're not going to host. We're not going to be protesting outside of the strip club because the strip club is located in it in a place that has been zoned for adult entertainment and it is not near schools and it's not near churches and um you know they seem to be abiding by the laws of the land even though i wish the laws of the land were that there can be nobody having strip clubs it it is the case as of now and so um yeah we we really um were proud to have prevented the exploitation of children the sexualization of children um but we we have to also just remember that you know the conservative downtowns all across our, our country are are having these drag shows pushed some of them all ages some of them are not but drag shows are really just a trojan horse and they're not being asked for by the community they're being pushed on the community it's it's an infiltration technique to normalize this kind of red light district entertainment in our downtowns on the same block as the Christian clothing store and the Christian bookstore and the creation museum that we have downtown in this particular town. And um, so, yeah, we just, I think Christians need to just be more, um, more take up more space in society and defending their faith and speaking um, truth to these demoniacs who um, they're not going to let they're never going to leave you alone Um, that whole coexist notion that they push that's not that's a complete lie they have no interest in coexisting with you and if you need proof of that um, you could just read my facebook comments yeah, I have a new bumper sticker, call, and it is uh, by Ronald Reagan, that evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. And I think we're all rah-rah behind that. But then we realize when we take that seriously, it's quite scary that we realize that there's always been evil people in church and country. The reason they're taking over isn't because of the fault of the evil people. It's because of the fault of us not being courageous enough. And one of the lines God said to a prophet in the Old Testament was, the insults they heaped upon you fell upon me. And I think of someone like Emily, who obviously has a lot of horrible things being said about her, her family, her Catholic faith, God himself. And um, But all of these insults being heaped on her are essentially being heaped on Christ. And so she is participating in redemptive suffering with Christ for standing for the truth, for defending innocence. And I don't think anyone expected this five years ago in this country. I don't think anyone expected five years ago to be hap- to, to, to see what we ha- have seen in the Vatican the past five years from the Pacamama um, to the green light for civil unions, all this stuff. Uh, and really, as I said, there's always been evil people trying to take over the church. It's because the good are not doing enough. Um, and I'm sure Emily... Um, feels at times like she's alone, but I know you, my listeners, are great supporters of uh, these few heroes out there who are still standing. 
for life, for children, um, for our country, if there is any hope left for our country. Um, and, uh, and we were not born, as I always say this, we were not born in 13th century France. Um, I wish we were. I wish we were born under a Catholic monarchy. I really do. But since we're not, uh, we need to step up to the plate. Um, and as it says in Ephesians 6, expose the works of darkness. Uh, so Emily, thank you for leading so many people with your courageous witness of defending children against the perversities of the age. Thanks, Father. And just a reminder that if he is for you, who can be against you? So that's what I'm telling myself every day and reminding myself and um, realizing that I don't have any strength of my own. And if if I've got God's armor on and just let his will be done, then um, I'll be protected and uh, I should just keep pushing forward. And so that's going to be my plan. And I'll just close with this, you know, hearing uh, amazing deliverance stories from Father Isaac yesterday, I just realized that all of this is an illusion. The world, the flesh and the devil is an entire illusion of really just magic tricks to make people feel afraid. God is so much infinite. Not not only is God so much infinitely um, good past Satan's evil, but he's infinitely more powerful. And um, hearing these great heroes that I've got to meet finally in real life, Father Isaac and, and Emily, um, I really realize that uh, God, not even before we talk heaven and hell, because that's certainly true, but even before then, God is infinitely more powerful through his cross um, here on earth. And this is why we, we really need to stop being afraid of evil. I said as we finished dinner last night, Father Isaac and this family, Emily, uh, was not here. But I said, you know, I think the problem of every Catholic right now is they fear Satan more than they fear God. Now, I realize our fear of Satan needs to be different from our fear of God because one should be servile or not at all, and then our fear towards God should be filial. But, you know, putting aside all of the um, asterisks on that, I stick by my phrase. Catholics today fear Satan more than they fear God. And this, this really needs to end. Um, because God is infinitely good. He's infinitely powerful. And, um, and we are, God's not fighting for our side. We are fighting for God's side. Um, and this is why we should stay on his side. And the, one of the many proofs that we can have for being on his side is fortitude and courage. So we're glad to know people still exist in the Catholic Church like Emily and Father Isaac showing us how to do this. Thanks for joining us, Emily. Thanks, Father. You can follow Emily at Vonde Farms at www.vendeefarms.com. Vonde Farms.com.